0: what's up guys so today i am bringing on a very special guest her name is siobhan and she is the founder of zen rinka and through zen rinka she helps dancers reduce stress increase mental clarity and attain peak performance in their dancing through mindfulness techniques i cannot wait for you guys to listen to our conversation because i know you guys will absolutely love it the Fesh Fit Podcast, where we talk about all things strength, conditioning, technique, and mindset to help you crush your dancing goals. My name is Jean, and I'm a trainer, lifelong dancer, and mover. I'm so grateful you're here, and I cannot wait to see all we can do together. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining today, Siobhan. I am so thrilled to talk to you. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Um right. Yeah, no, I know you do several different things, um, from Reiki to mindset coaching. For any listeners who may have not uh, heard about you yet, how would you describe what you do? Um, I feel like what I do is evolving
1: constantly, and it really depends on the dancers and their needs. So, you know, certainly if a dancer needs, you know, something in one direction, more that mental strength we go there, if they are dealing with a barrier to their mental strength, like anxiety, um, or they they have negative self-talk or feelings of unworthiness, then we sort of go there. Um, So mental strength is all about performing at your peak, at your very best, despite conditions. So, you know, that you could go out on stage despite the stress, the challenges, You know, maybe the musicians aren't a little on today, whatever it is. So mental strength is the ability to perform at your peak, despite all of the stress and rigors of competition. So what we're really talking about is that flow state. So all athletes talk about this. It's getting in the zone. It's getting in that flow state where they're mentally calm, just crisp and clear, almost hyper-focused, and their bodies just seem to take over. So that's sort of what I work towards helping dancers achieve on stage. How we go about that really depends on what's preventing them from reaching that state. So, um, you know, like I said, it could be that negative self-talk. Negative self-talk can be the result of harsh criticisms or critiques that you've received along the way as a dancer, um, you know, from judges, from teachers, from parents, from anywhere. Um, it kind of creates this negative self talk loop, you know, and, and you can't go on stage and do your best if you're busy in your head telling yourself you stink all the time. So, you know, so that's one thing that we work on getting rid of is that, you know, that negativity. Um, the other thing that's really big is limiting self limiting beliefs. So we create belief systems around Irish dance to make sense of sometimes random results. Right? Like one day you go out there and you just nail it and, and you're amazing and you hit everything, your timing, your, your, everything is just dead on. And maybe you don't place or so you don't place as well as you thought. And then there's a, a fashion where like you're like, well, I was really off today and you get first. Right? So there's this element of stuff feels random sometimes. And that can create these self limiting belief systems, but it also can create feelings of unworthiness where there's luck and chance and it's not really skill, you know, so that's, you know, like I didn't really earn it. It it was like, I wasn't my day. I didn't earn this today, but I still got it. So those are things that we work very hard on getting rid of. Um, And then from there we can start to focus on that flow state training. Um, The reason that I use meditation for this is because when you hear athletes describe a flow state, they're describing a meditative state. So it makes sense to use meditation. You know, your brain waves are at a different level. You can receive the information at a completely different level. It really skips beyond all of those, you know, active mental constructs. Like I could sit there and tell you all day long, you need to do these three steps to get on stage and get in your flow. But if I can do those same thing, when your mind is at a very different receptive state, you just, you hear it better and you hear it differently. So that's why I use meditation um, primarily as a tool to help achieve those flow states. um, You know, get rid of things we don't need because we, we like to hang on to some of that stuff, you know, like, like, especially limiting beliefs, that stuff like, oh, the such and such fashion, I never do good at that fashion. Or, you know, oh, I was, someone once told me I was a hard shoe dancer and not a soft shoe dancer. So, you know, like, you hang on to those things. That's your story. But we don't realize that sometimes that story is holding you back. Yeah, so, meditation is a great, great tool. Um, the Reiki, um, I do that, and that's like a one on one thing. Um, and I do that here in, in Philadelphia. Um Reiki is energy work. And I really I actually started with Reiki. So this all started with my daughter's struggle with anxiety. And I was in a meditation program and the girl that led the group was also a Reiki practitioner. And I said, well go to her and you know see if that helps. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing.
0: Oh, wow. You know,
1: but now we were like traveling internationally and she's competing. And I was like, oh I really like if I could do this, then I could help her and it was incredible. I mean just the very balancing and calming effect that it has. Um, It it really is, it's an incredible experience and it helps, it almost helps me kind of jump start a lot of the stuff with the dancers because it aligns your body energetically so you can just better receive the information.
0: can you For kind of go me. into what Reiki is exactly? I love Reiki, but I know there's a lot of people listening who are like, what the heck is that? I know.
1: <laughs> and, and it, <laughs> it kind so of so <laughs> <does>.
0: crazy. <laughs> it does.
1: I know. And it seems so crazy. And if someone said it to me, I'd be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So um, Reiki is an energy healing. So when I kind of equate it to acupuncture, which people maybe know a little bit more about, um, Where in acupuncture, you're talking about acupuncture points and meridians, and in Reiki, we're talking about chakras. And it's the same thing. These are energy centers. Like, this is ancient, ancient practices. You know, before there was sort of like modern physiology to explain things, you know, they said, okay, well, these are these energy centers, and the energy centers have channels through your body, and you can affect these energy centers. So, you know, as a Reiki practitioner, I'm simply channeling, and I kind of go like, I'm not really doing anything special. I don't have any particular skills. It's, it's just that, you know, you're channeling the energy and focusing it, and, you know, we balance and align the chakras. When the chakras are out of alignment, or they're, they're like, say one is spinning too fast and the other is spinning too slow, it can create physical symptoms in your body. And anxiety and stress is definitely one of them. Um, you know, there's there's certain personality issues. And I say this sometimes with people, if there's something they're trying to overcome, particularly in Reiki, and I go, you might feel like not doing something you were, like, really set on. Or you might all of a sudden go, like, oh, I really feel like to just go with it. You know, just go with it. Because once you balance and align your energy, it's like a chiropractic adjustment, right? Just like you feel really good and you come out of there. But honestly, unless you experience it and, you know, and people when they're on, they're, so we do it like you're on a massage table and... and you know, and it's funny, like, from little kids, I, I work with moms as well, because this stuff is super stressful, and we all know that, right? Like, <laughs> I'm a dance mom, right? Or, or you have a dance mom, and you know these like, moms, right? <laughs> like, so, you know, and sometimes I'll get a dancer, and I'll go, I'd really like to work with your mom, <laughs> 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 I had a dancer once, and I go, well, honey, what is your biggest stress at competition? She goes, my mom. And you're like, all right, bring her in. <laughs> I, I've been there. I'm a crazy dance mom. I've totally been there. So, um, yeah, so, like, it really is interesting, and everyone experiences it differently. There's sometimes sensations of warmth or tingling, um, especially if you have an injury or something that you're overcoming. I had a dancer, and she had sprained her ankle, you know, a couple of weeks before she came to me. And so I did all her chakras and I do all I normally do. And then I focused on her ankle. And, um, and so she, when she, you know, kind of back up, how do you feel? And she's like, my ankle, like, I just felt like it was tingly and warm. And all of a sudden there was a pop and it just felt fantastic. So, you know, it, it does, it it really has a physical effect on your body. um, that's, that's kind of profound. So yeah. it's amazing to me and and so don't feel like oh, I'm very casual and I know like
0: I'm always like wow, that's really cool <laughs> that's actually so funny I went to um I, I love Reiki and my friend got it into me a couple of uh, she got me into it a couple years ago and I was having Achilles issues, okay but I didn't even you know, as a dancer, it's really easy to push through pain and just kind of yeah. ignore it. So, I had push through, push through, push through, just kind of putting it in the back of my mind being like, "Oh, my Achilles, you know, hurts, but I can work through it." I went to a Reiki practitioner, and I'm laying there, she and she goes, "What's going on with your right ankle? What's going on with your Achilles?" And I was like, "What? It was it's so it's so fascinating and it it's so yeah. yeah such a cool you know alternative um practice to look at so i yeah. think it's absolutely amazing yeah it is it really is you know so beneficial
1: like i said you know most dancers they come out of here and they're just like oh my god i feel great it's like a
0: massage for your
1: insides you know it really really is very neat yeah oh,
0: i love it okay so i want to ask you more about self-limiting beliefs um because okay. i know that's a huge part of dancing, um, and life in general. Um, so when, what are some of the most common self-limiting beliefs you come across and how do dancers start to, or parents, how do they start to look at those uh, self-limiting beliefs to overcome them? Okay. So I would say
1: some of the top ones that I've come across, um, are either things that dancers have been told. So like, Oh, you're just not a real dancer. You know, or you're not a j, or you're not oh, heavy shoes, light shoes. You know, so it's things like that that they've been told that they're like, okay, all right, that's why I never do well in the heavy round because I'm not a heavy dance, you know, heavy shoe dancer. Um, but it's like you're setting yourself up, right? For it's not like it's an excuse. You have created this very strong belief that you're not a heavy shoe dancer. Um, some of the other things are this judge doesn't like me. So every time I'm in All front the of time. the judge, right? Like, you know this, oh, it's that judge. I never do well with that judge. Sometimes it's great. I always do well with that judge. Um, and, and it does happen where a judge particularly likes one style over another. So yes, you know, there are certainly those things. But showing up in front of that judge going, I'm never going to place with this guy or this, you know, I'm, it's just, you're just setting yourself up for not showing up. The way that you really need to. Some dancers are like, oh, forget this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this judge and I'm gonna get them to love me. And that's great, but a lot of times, I'd say most times, you just go, Oh, oh, forget it. Like Mm -hmm. this, there goes my day. Um, um, stories around a particular fashion, you know, like, oh, the Garden State fashion, the Jersey but you know, like I never do well at that fashion or that school or against a particular dancer. Thinking that you can never be particular dancer is the worst way to show up at competition. You always have to show up being strong and confident in your abilities. And, you know, even if it's like, you have to go today's the day, you know, (laughs) and really tell yourself that that's okay. I think the best thing to combat self-limiting beliefs is to know they're there and to listen to the stories that you're telling yourself the more aware that you are of those unconscious behaviors and that's where meditation is really really good is it helps you become aware of, of your unconscious reactions to things you know so that you can choose your response you can choose your reaction it settles your mind a little bit so if you're in this anxious state and you're like oh my god I've walked into the ballroom or the competition room and oh it's that judge or it's that musician or there's that dancer in that school and they're looking at me funny you know whatever it is and you're in a super anxious state you're not choosing your response Mm -hmm. so you know if you just listen to what you're saying to yourself as far as those beliefs that's really key and then going hey wait why, why not? Why, why can't I win with this judge or against this dancer? Why am I setting that as like my stopping point? Mm-hmm. You know? So and being aware of them, I think is really, really key. I think, and, and I think we think that these, there's no big deal. This is just how this is. And I don't think we realize how much they're really limiting
0: us. Mm-hmm. So is that something that you suggest dancers do like day, like you know, practice way before the competition? Or is that more of a day of thing? Or how should they approach it? And how should they approach it on different days leading up to the competition? Yeah, so I definitely do think that you need to have a plan. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: You know, like, you know, getting into a mental training, like kind of mindset program is, is great. And then when I say program, it's just like, you know, having it set up in your mind. You have a physical training program set up for a specific end date to be at your peak. To a degree, you need to have the same sort of thing with a mental mindset sort of thing. But that being said, like I know plenty of dancers who so I have my web page with the downloads and you know, Southern Region Arodis, and I was getting all of these hits on the winning mindset day before competition. I was like, well, okay, well see how that goes. They did fabulous. You know, they did fantastic. So, you know, so it definitely is something you can throw in. but To get the best benefits, you certainly do need to do that, that work a little bit ahead. So with something like limiting self-limiting beliefs, I do have um, – there's actually two meditations that are really, really good for that. One is um, believe in yourself, and that is all about getting rid of those self-limiting behaviors. Um, and that work should be done in advance. You know, so if you had a competition in a couple of weeks and you were like, wow, you know, I really do do that a couple weeks in advance, it'd be a really good idea to get that on board. But clearly, you know, the winning mindset really is just sort of different. You know, it's, it's just about getting out there, getting the fire in you and, and just, you know, just firing you up. It's like the Rocky version of meditation. I love that. (laughs) But where this is advantageous to do this in the long term are the affirmations that go with that. And that affirmation work is really good to get in at combating some of that negative self-talk and the limiting beliefs. And so doing that work in advance is really beneficial.
0: Okay, cool. And then what can teachers and parents do? Because obviously, you know, our, our, our beliefs about ourselves are constructed a lot by the people around us. Um, I know you mentioned that earlier. So what kinds of things would you suggest teachers do and parents do um, to help their dancers grow up with, you know, good beliefs about themselves or positive beliefs about themselves? Yeah, you know, so it's a little tricky coming from the parent
1: perspective because a lot of times and I and I work with, you know, dancers whose parents are psychologists and, and, you know, and they're in this field of performance training and things like that. And there's just a lot of times your kid's not going to hear it from you because you're their father. Like, so, so years ago I was a swim coach and I tried to teach my daughter how to swim. It was disastrous. I was a great swim coach. I had kids like going from like learning to blow bubbles to on swim team. And I could not teach my own child how to swim. You know, I had my own pool and it didn't, it didn't matter because it was coming from mom. She wasn't interested in it. So, there is that element of, you know, it's the same thing with like putting the wig on, right? If you're putting your child's wig on, they're screaming, they're carrying on, there's tears, but if you pay, you know, Karen and Celtic Curls to do it, <laughs> oh they're perfectly fine the whole time, right? So, it, there is going to definitely be that, that relationship and that interpersonal situation with, with moms and dads and dancers. Um, so sometimes as a mom of a dancer, it's recognizing that exists and maybe you just need to, you know, call somebody in, even though like I have totally done. oh, I could have, done, I had to send my daughter to someone else to swim. I could have done that, you know, it's just how it works, you know, that that's the relationship. I think with teachers, um, God, if I had like one thing that I could share with teachers, it would be to understand that these are children. And while in them you are seeing your school, your reputation, you know, and when they're on stage, they're representing you and your school and your reputation, they're still children. And even the hardest, fiercest competitor in their mind, they're still developing, you know, coping skills and things like this. So I think, you know, how you speak to dancers, you know, that. You, as a teacher is really, really crucial. Um, and setting up a really strong system for um, feedback and for you know giving a, giving feedback and evaluating that. Um, you know I think it it's almost like you know going back and being you know an elementary school teacher and you're having a parent teacher conference and having a discussion with the dancer, what you know what are your goals? for the next three months, or or what are your goals for this dance season? And having, you know, a real conversation with the dancer about that, and then setting up a system of giving them feedback, and what does that look like? And then making sure, and I have on my my Instagram page, my Facebook page, you know, mindful feedback, and, and what that looks like you know, for getting your dancer to be at their best and, and setting up a really strict program of it. And honestly, this is the best time to do that. What, we're not competing, what are we doing? Like this is really an opportunity to introduce as a teacher some of these things that will make your dancers stronger mentally and physically. Um, I think the other thing, so number one is to recognize that these are growing, developing minds and egos and personalities. The other is to recognize, and, and it's in the feed, my feedback, you know, little pictures. Competition day is all about getting on stage and being in a winning mindset. So, you know, where some problems can can occur. Is when a dancer comes off a stage off around, and I get it. I'm a mother. Oh my god, that was terrible. You're never going to. Oh, you got to. You got to come back. You got to. You know. You got to. And that's the instinct. And and you think that this is going to. Oh, they're going to go up there. They're going to have so much more fire, and they're going to grab it, and and this and that. Oh, this other dancer, she was so much better than you. You've got to push ahead. But all that they're hearing is, Wow, that was bad. Mm-hmm. I'm losing and they go up on stage even if they're like oh i gotta fight for it and all this but the, what they're hearing is i'm losing um, it's bad i'm never gonna get this back mm-hmm. so the time for feedback is really important Fest day is not it okay so if your dancer comes off the stage and they bombed you're not gonna go that was great oh my god good <laughs> job you just kind of go okay <laughs> Like, we all know what happened there. We're going to let that go. You know, let's get, what do we need to do to get ready for the next round? Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying, like, teachers always have to be sunny and light and never give dancer bad news. But the time to really tear apart a round that doesn't go well is, you know, the next day or week in dance class. Mm -hmm. That's the time to really focus on those sorts of feedback. Day of is all about what do I need to do to show up in my next round and just take the stage by storm. So those are some of my, you know, some of my thoughts for teachers in in really getting the best out of their dancers.
0: Yeah. Can you go a little bit more to, I was really interested when you said uh, mindful feedback. What does mindful feedback um, look like versus just regular old feedback, I guess? Um, you know, it really is sort of, and, and it's, it, there's really nothing
1: fancy about it, it's just sort of using the, the techniques. I think they have them in school systems and corporations and things like that about giving, you know, feedback and evaluative information to someone. Um, you know, that timeliness and, and when do you give. So if, so if you have an employee that's, oh my God, it's really, do you scream at them on, you know, the retail floor or whatever? No, you go, we're going to have a conversation later. So it's t- the timeliness of it is that piece that I just talked about. Um, focusing on the positive things first so you say you know so it's like three positive things to you know like a negative negative. Mm-hmm. and so it's this is what you did right this is what i like to see so that really what the dancer is hearing is this is what i did well this is where i excel you know okay yeah this is where i need to improve and those needs to improve things need to be phrased in a manner that they're not okay please sister your heart shoe stinks you know, yeah. so a dancer, right, the dancer is in, in the classroom, and, you know, she comes around and, yeah, that was terrible, just go in the corner and, right, so, so they have nothing really actively to work on. So you need to say, um, I need you to overcross here, I need your timing, you know, so just saying your timing was terrible. Well, where? The whole thing, the right foot, the left foot, just one part, so be very specific in, in, in that feedback. So that the dancer can then say, "Okay, I need to work on my overcross here, or my point in this part, my toe was a little flexed, right?" So they have something to work on, and they've also been given like, "This was good, this was good, this was good. Can you work? Go over there and work on X, Y, and Z."
0: Okay. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's one of those things that I even, it's funny you say that because I even remember that, like, growing up dancing, I had this one teacher who was really, well, I had a few different teachers, but, like, one was really good. It was always compliment, then something specific to work on. It totally changes the way I feel like dancers feel about themselves and about their dancing, and it's, like, feeling about their Confidence in themselves to improve a thing, because if it yes. starts like, okay, your turnout looked great, but right. your timing in right. this area needs some work. It changes it. It's more of, okay, cool, I'm a good dancer, but there's things I can still improve on. Versus, right. I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. <laughs> right, right. You know, and like, you know, and I get it, like, teachers
1: are dealing with. So you can't necessarily every single kid. They're dancing down the line. Say, these are your three positives. Go work on this. So, you know, in the moment, like in a dance class, it doesn't have to be quite that specific just 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 one thing that you were like, "I liked how you did this now, can you go work on you know X, y, and z? Mm-hmm. Um, but having a dancer come over and go, "That was dreadful, just go go like work on that mm-hmm. well, what, what am i what am I working on? you know is it my arms? is it my like that, you know?" So it leaves the dancer kind of with this confusion as to, so, if, and so again, if you want the best out of your dancer. So if you're sending them off, you know, in the corner to work on something, but having given them really clear directives as to what it is you want them to accomplish, mm-hmm. they're going to come back in front of you and you're going to go, oh my God, you didn't fix anything. Why didn't you listen to me? And then you do right Frustrated, I'm constantly telling this dancer what to what to do, and and but you know maybe you're not like maybe you know you need to be very specific, especially if you're dealing with little ones. Mm-hmm. Especially, um, you know. So yeah, being specific, being timely, and setting up that it's hard, right? Because again, you're a teacher in a class, and you've got three kids going at once, and you're just like trying to get everybody some comments. You know, okay, here's your positive, here's your net. Like, and I get that that can be challenging, but trying to set it up if it's just impressions. I liked this, you know, fix your turnout. I liked that, fix your arms. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you still find that fix your arms isn't directive enough you know, like, so, so what is it? Like, am I bending one? Am I like, what is it? So if you find time after time, you're giving the same feedback to a dancer, just sit back and say, okay, like how, you know, how can I do that better? You know, Mm -hmm. is fix your arms not a good enough cue or fix your turnout? Well, how, like sometimes a dancer, and you know that, you know, you're teaching physical Mm -hmm. things. I know when I teach yoga, like, how many times can I give this cue and, and how can I get this, you know, to translate for, you know, for a participant in a yoga class? So you do always need to kind of reevaluate how you're saying what you're
0: saying, depending on who's in front of you. Totally. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's something I that is always trying to find different cues that clicks with the person because i feel like a lot of times as a teacher it's easy to be like okay i'm gonna teach this based off the way i was taught and what i know and then you should pick it up when reality it's like we have to coach the student not the practice so it's like looking at the student and being like okay maybe if i say turn out turn out turn out and that doesn't click for the dancer then it's like let's reevaluate you know how i teach what I, is in my brain right now to that person. (laughs) And I know like, you know, I'm a yoga student,
1: you know, for a really long time and I know I will hear a cue a thousand times. And then all of a sudden I go, Oh, (laughs) Oh, I get like, you just change one thing, you know? And then you're like, Oh, I get it. I get it now. So sometimes it is about receptivity, you know, maybe It's gonna take a little while for that dancer to connect what it is you're saying and you're trying to get out of them. Mm -hmm. What I find as a yoga teacher is really, really helpful for cues to get people to understand what I'm wanting out of them is, this is how it should feel in your body. This is what it feels like to have full turnout. You know, you feel Mm -hmm. this in these muscles and you feel a little stretch in these muscles. So, you know, trying to come up with phraseology around how this feel in your body, Mm -hmm. you know, so that the answer can say, oh, oh, yeah, I feel like, okay, my glutes are engaged, or I feel, you know, whatever it is. So I feel like that, you know, as a yoga teacher, at least works really, really effectively, especially on Zoom when when you can't physically sit (laughs) down, you know,
0: in a studio. So Awesome. Well, yeah, I absolutely love that. And so I also want to make sure we cover competition anxiety because I know that is a huge hot topic for dancers everywhere and parents and probably teachers too. Um, um, so can you first kind of talk about what's the difference between just, you know, just general nervousness? Um, and then what actually, I guess you define as competition anxiety and then what are ways, you know, or I guess what causes it first of all?
1: Okay. So nerves so just to talk about like physically the difference in your body how nerves feel versus anxiety um so nerves you get that little jitter in your belly and you're like Ooh, okay you know um you can still focus you can still get the job done on stage and once you get going the nerves sort of subside so that's sort of an indication like okay these are nerves now there's no there's no way of saying that nerves can never become anxiety. I think that's how most of it starts. Um, you know, it sort of depends. Some, you know, some dancers feel like they've always danced with anxiety. Some can come up with a specific competition, you know, where that anxiety started. Um, but anxiety is, again, a little bit one of those stories we tell ourselves. So, you know, to kind of make sense of things. So so. You know, for instance, I've actually, this happened in two different, I feel like they might've been at the same competition. It was a stomach virus going around, you know, at a competition. And I was, I, so I did, I had this, like this experience relayed to me by two different dancers. And I went, were y'all at the same competition? That there was some sort of stomach bug or, you know, so somehow in the dancer's mind, the stress of the competition became very associated with the physiology of being sick. So in that situation that I mean I'd say that was very specific, and that probably isn't everyone's experience, but what happens then is it becomes one of those stories that you tell yourself. So the next competition you go, "Oh my God, oh my God, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope this doesn't happen again. Oh, it's happening again? Oh, it's much worse than it was last time." So you start talking yourself up and then it's gone. like you've, you're in this cycle. And once you create this kind of, Pathway, I feel like in your nervous system. So you have, you know, this stress state, right? Your fight or flight in in your nervous system. It's part of your your autonomic nervous system. You have no control over. You know that something triggers you into this stress response. Um, and the more that you experience that, I feel like it's like you know, when you drive to work, you're not paying attention, and all you're like, oh yeah, i at work. <laughs> Right, So it's just this automatic thing and you don't think about it and your body gets very comfortable going in that direction. So, you know, anxiety, it can be crippling. And the difference between nerves and anxiety is that you are unable to perform and focus at your best, at your peak because of this anxiety. It creates real physical sensations in your body, the nausea, vomiting, dizziness, sweating, heart racing, like these are very, they're just, it's your physiology responding to the stress. So number one is to, again, we're recognizing, right? You're recognizing that it's existing, as a mom of a child who's anxious, yeah, you, you you might not. Again, it's that that sort of thing, a competition. And, and t- telling someone to calm down has never, ever worked in the history <laughs> of ever, right? Like, calm down. But it just doesn't work. And you're like, I'm trying to calm down. So, um, what I use, you know, certainly the meditations help you with this. You know that this is your plan. You, you've established your plan well in advance of how you're going to mentally. or you have a plan of physically how you're going to prepare for the competition. I put my wig on. I put my makeup on. I warm up. I do this. I glue my socks. I put my number on. I go on the stage. So having that plan ahead of time is really crucial. And how are you going to prepare for it? Yep, okay, I'm going to show up. And as soon as I walk in that room, oh, you gosh, you, get, you have it all. The music, the people, and, and that's, you know, where it starts. So you have to know that and kind of prepare for it. So, so I have what I call my toolbox for managing this. They're, they're very simple mindfulness techniques that work. And why they work is because it addresses the nervous system. And it pulls you out of that fight-or-flight stress response. And it, it works on your body, on your nerves. It's your vagus nerve. And so it pulls you into a relaxed state of mind. Um, and this is where it gets tricky because people go, like, I don't want to be relaxed when I get on stage. Right? Like, oh, I don't want to be like, ooh, I've been sitting on the couch. i I got to gotta get up there and i got to fight. And it's not quite like you're chilling and you're just, it's that your mind is a little more relaxed so you can focus. So you pull it out of that stress state. And then here we are again, you're focused. You can choose your response to something. Um, In that place of that stress, anxiety, you're just reacting, you know, fight or flight, I'm going to fight or I'm going to run away. Um, Whereas in that, relaxed relaxed state, that's where your mental strength comes in. And that's where you can allow that flow state to happen. Um and that's where just that muscle memory takes over and all of your training and all of your hard work can just come through because you've not created mental barriers against it. Um so what are the techniques? Right. So they're breathing techniques. For the most part it's all about breathing. Um, You know, and anxiety is all about, in mind story, so anxiety is all about being, thinking ahead, you know, not being very present and mindful in your body. And what mindfulness does is it pulls you into the present moment. So when you walk into a competition room and all of a sudden, instead of, you know, standing there in the competition room, feeling the shoes on my feet, okay. I walk in that room, all of the stress, all of the music, I imagine myself, I am now on stage, thinking all of the things that can go wrong, and the judge and the dancers, and oh my God, there's that dancer again, right? So you've pulled yourself out of here and now, and you've projected yourself an hour in the future when everything apparently is gonna be a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no coming out of it, and it's gonna be horrible. So, you know, again, I'm walking into that room for my daughter. It was when I put the wig on. So this, and this is the wig thing, right? It started to get real Mm -hmm. when I was putting the wig on. So we learned to not put the wig on in the competition room, you know, because that just added to it, right? Put the wig on in the hotel room or before we arrive, you know, and that sort of helped alleviate some of that. So wherever it is that feels Oh, yeah, that's real. Mm -hmm. And that's where you need to introduce some things. So the breathing techniques are great. Um, And I do have lots of videos on Instagram. It's square breathing, which is like a four-part breath. And there's a three-part breath. Um, One I don't know that I've talked about, and I always give it to the dancers because it works like a charm, is humming. Oh, no way. So, yeah, it works every time. So, you know, like... And, and I always joke, because you get a little dance, and I go, I know you think we're going to sit here, and we're going to go, oh, right? <laughs> And that's not what, you know, all meditation is. But in this sense, it's the humming that's really important, that it, it stimulates, again, this vagus nerve, which is, it runs, you know, from your head, and it runs right down the side of your neck. So when you create this vibration in your throat, it automatically affects the nerves to respond, and your body relaxes and it pulls you out of that stressed state. So side stage, you know, putting the wig on, whatever. I just say, you know, hum your steps or hum along to the music. It, you don't have to be sitting there chanting om. certainly you can, but you know, if you're just creating a vibration in your throat and this triggers the nerve to settle you down. So it settles your nausea, it settles the sweats, the cold, clammy, heart racing feelings and now you can relax and you can focus on your dance with clarity and just calm in your mind Um, so those are my anxiety my anxiety tips um you know but like so if you're a mom or a teacher of someone who's dealing with anxiety um it's you know it really is hard you really do need to have an intervention you know in some respect in in the behavior and in the mind the mindfulness that goes into it i think the most powerful thing for dancers is to realize that they really have control over it Mm -hmm. because anxiety is something that it like it just feels like it takes over your body and you have no control over how you're feeling you know what's happening yeah i can't focus my head is right And then you learn these very simple techniques and all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat and you're in control. And that's very empowering, absolutely empowering. And it doesn't just work for dance, right? So it's, you know, stress with test taking. How do I, oh my God, do you ever show up at a test and just feel like your brain is like on fire and you can't focus? Well, how would it show up better? Like, how would it feel to show up at taking a test with just clear calm in your head and the answers are just there picked right out of your brain so it's and it's sort of that to show up on stage just calm and focused and confident and just cherry picking that dance and letting it go yeah oh
0: my gosh I love all those I've never heard of the humming one that is like that seems so handy just you know and not yet, yeah, and just not only dance situations, but as you're talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could like we use that every day. <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely. You know, and this is so this is the thing, you know, yogis chant and, mm-hmm. and we
1: have mantras and things, and it's not necessarily the words that you're saying, yes, they all have very, very profound meaning. Actually, so we're talking about the Reiki earlier. Every chakra has a mantra. It has a sound, a vibration. Really? So yeah, so it, it's all energy, right? So so these actually behind me are all of your chakras. So there's colors, there's symbols, and they all have a mantra and a sound because they respond to, you know, sound is a vibrational energy. Mm-hmm. But that one is just a completely hijacking your nervous system and pulling you out of that stressed state. So when you're standing there and you're humming, like, first of all, you're going, I'm going to hum, right? Or, you know, like, or I'm going to breathe. So some of it is the intention. Oh, yeah, yeah, number one, I'm recognizing I'm anxious. Number two, yeah, I got something for that. And number three, yeah, I feel better. How strong and confident I am. Um,
0: yeah, so it it is. It's yeah, the humming works. That's awesome. Okay, I know we're running out of time, but I do have uh, one or a couple more questions here. Um, okay, go. Okay, so we talked about competition, and now yeah. I know a big struggle a lot of dancers are having is the opposite, the lack of competition. Right, because right. obviously, with Euractus canceled for several regions, um, and All Ireland's canceled, I think All Ireland's was canceled at this point, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I don't want to be spreading this information. Postponed, yes, yeah, <laughs> it's at least postponed. Yeah. So, what kinds of things do you recommend right now for dance? or I guess a lot of dancers right now are, are having to step back and kind of reevaluate, like their relationship with dance yeah. um, and their purpose in dancing and their motivations. Um, what kind of advice do you have for dancers or what techniques or strategies do you have for dancers right now when navigating how to approach dance um, when competition is
1: removed? So yeah, this is completely looking at Irish dance differently than, than probably most dancers ever have. And so as a dancer from the very, very first competition that you stepped foot on, it was, I want that medal or, oh, and then it was a sash, right? Oh, I want a sash or I want to get on the box. And so you set these goals very, and they're good. It's important to have goals. It absolutely is important to have goals, you know, because it's something that gives, makes sense as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, but right now is a really good opportunity to kind of change, again, that relationship, just like you said, and look at your intentions. So intentions are different. Intentions are all about what you're putting into something and focusing on that rather than something external. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard because a lot of dancers are competing because they love competition and they love the challenge and you know the trophies and the sashes. So it's super, super hard to transition into this place where your goals are now I'm going to practice three times a week on my own. You know, I'm gonna work on this skill, I'm gonna work on my stamina, I'm gonna work on my point, I'm gonna work on my turnout so this, you could look at this as an opportunity like i said like to work on things that you've never had the time to because it was just this competition this weekend this competition next weekend and just you know fixing what you needed to fix to show up for that so so it's very you know short term concrete external things so now you've got to turn on that internal motivating fire and feeling proud of not your accomplishment but what you're putting into something and that will never disappoint you it will never disappoint but so something i didn't mention about the mindful feedback reevaluate always have this chance to reevaluate where perhaps you set your goal too high and you know maybe i really can't after spending hours in zoom class and you know you know, with homework and all of this, maybe I can't attend every personal training session available to me. Maybe I can't, you know, do, you know, five trainings a week. So reevaluating is very important, but setting up your sense of self-worth and your value in what you show up with and how you do those input things rather than the back end of output. Mm-hmm. You can always have a little output, right? So, you know, right now those little those little rewards might look different because you're not getting. So say it, I'm going to, you know, personal train three times a week for the next month and then this is what I'm going to allow myself. Maybe it's a little spa day where I paint my toes or, you know, so again the rewards maybe have to be different. It's good to have rewards in there um, because sometimes It's maybe not enough of a reward to say, I feel great and oh, look at my turnout. Like, sometimes you just want that little candy bar at the (laughs) (laughs) end, you know? That's all right. You just, like you said, have to change your relationship with dance. But it's, again, an opportunity to learn this skill of how to Intrinsically motivate yourself so that motivation doesn't come from something outside. It's coming from inside and focusing on these intentional input
0: sort of behaviors. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay. So that's all the time we have today. So I want to make sure, um, dancers know where to follow you and work with you and all of that. So what's the best place, um, for Dan, if they're struggling with competition anxiety or they're wanting to put together that mindset plan, um, where's the best way to contact you and work with you? Okay. So, you know, Instagram, I
1: try, you know, I try to be really good about Instagram and, and setting little mindfulness tips and tools on there. It's also on Facebook. So it's Zen Rinka on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I do have a website. So it's ZenRinka.com and on there, all of my meditations are available for downloading um, exploring Um you know, there's, there's lots of, there's not so much tips and tools on there, but those are the resources. That's where you go for the resources. I do actually, this year in 2021, have an app coming out.
0: <gasps> no way. Oh my gosh, that's so
1: and exciting. App, it's very exciting. So this will be a more interactive way for dancers to always have access to all of their things, all of their meditations, be able to set up that plan ahead of time. You know, so you say, I have a competition on this date two weeks before. These are the sorts of meditations I should be doing. These are the sorts of things I should be thinking about. So, yeah. So it's very exciting.
0: Who knows? We'll see how long that takes, but hopefully it's 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to check that out. That sounds fantastic. Um, okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. And um, guys, I'll put all this information in the description too, so you know where to find Siobhan. Um, and thank you again, Siobhan. It was just so perfect. much fun talking to you. And I just love your personality and the knowledge you have and your energy and everything about you. So um yeah, <laughs> thank you again and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Did you guys like this episode and want more? Make sure to subscribe to the Fesh Fit Podcast. brand new episodes every single week also if you're ready to take your dancing to the next level this year come check out my inner circle program the inner circle is the first ever gamified online cross training program designed specifically for Irish dancers I'm giving you the workouts you need to improve your strength power conditioning conditioning (laughs) flexibility and techniques Plus, you earn points for completing your workouts and get the opportunity to compete with dancers around the world for the title of Fesh Fit Athlete of the Month. You can check it out by heading to www.RUFeshFit.com or you can shoot me a message on Instagram for more details. That's www.RUFeshFit.com or you can shoot me a message on Instagram at